Hello gamers, I'm Paul, and welcome to Tried and True, a story focusing on the revitalization of the War Machine and Hordes community in the small state of Delaware. Our story couldn't have happened without the hard work and dedication of the active members who made this possible. Their time and effort has been instrumental in getting our meta to where it is now. So join myself and members of the Delaware War Machine community as we reflect on the steps taken getting the meta to where it is now and how you can use our experiences in leveraging your own success and expanding your own War Machine community. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Tried and True. I am your host, Paul. I'm Dan. We are going to be joined with another member of our community, so we're going to give him an opportunity to go ahead and introduce himself. Hi, I'm Andy. I've been playing War Machine for about five years, part of the AU meta now, I suppose. Uh, helped uh, start the meta with Paul. It's pretty much just us for a couple months. I started playing at the Ice House originally. I got about a year before it closed down, unfortunately. We had a, a lot of big groups there, but I was kind of there as the last intro group, and they were kind of on their way out. Andy actually ended up taking me to times before the Ice House ended up closing. I remember that when I was going there, it was a bit of a interesting atmosphere. I mean, yeah, most people that were there had known about the place for over a decade, so it's a little clicky. You know, it's 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 tough to be the new guy in, in somebody's basement club. And how did you end up finding out about the Ice House? My wife, a lot of her friends frequented it. It's pretty tough to find out about it unless you know people who know people. So what you're saying is don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) It's essentially kind of what it was, honestly. Unless you knew the owner or somebody who frequented it, it was tough to... It was in the middle of an industrial park. It was called the Ice House because it was above a a refrigerator sales location. (laughs) I always wondered how it got that name. Speaking of knowing people, how do you guys know each other? (laughs) He's my brother-in-law. I'm married to your sister. (laughs) Yeah. I said it better. Yeah, Such absolutely. hostility. My God. No, but it's it's actually really uh, cool. I really, I remember this as well. And I think I've had the conversation with you. When Andy was dating my sister before they got married, I wanted to kind of be close and more friendly with Andy. However, I don't really think that ever clicked. And it was actually us playing Wargaming where I felt a lot more comfortable hanging out with them. In all reality, I loved War Machine because it had a reason for me to go and hang out with you and the times that we'd go play the game we'd go play and other times we would decide not to and it was fun hey that's why we're here because everyone wants to build that sense of community not only just within family members but also within everyone else that uh, plays that game we just talked about the ice house and this is actually a really good segue to the topics today we're going to be talking about how we jump started the meta but when it comes down to it, you have to think about, well, what do you need in order to make the meta start in the first place? We're going to talk about how we ended up boosting our failed meta or at least being able to, to reform it. And it's reformed stronger than we ever would have thought. Of. Right. So in grade school, they used to teach you the investigative journalism method. And a lot of that is based on the reporter questions. Uh, who, what, when, where, how and why? I think several of these questions are important in informing your ability to dig deeper into a topic. And that's kind of what we're detailing here. So I picked a couple of the questions that I think are most important to what we were doing. First one is aware. You need a location in order to 
pop up a new meta. Why are you doing the things that you're doing that are part of this process? And how we use the metas that have existed around us to boost our ability to restore the games that we're playing. Your methods of sustaining this effort, how do you do that? It's not usually enough to get started. You need to figure out a way to keep going. And also even when you find the time in order to go and do it in the first place, right? So let's go and talk about the where. And Andy, what was your overall thought about the Ice House? Because earlier you said that if you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. The point of this is you need somewhere public facing. You need something where you can get street traffic, you can get people wandering in, you can get people, you can get a place that can hopefully house product. So we're talking about primarily like a like a game store or some card store or, or something of that nature, am I right? Hopefully, yes. They're not they're not going to be everywhere, but that's the ideal, I think. You want you want somewhere with space to play and you want somewhere that can house product. Something with an existing community, yes. I think like in the ideal world we would find a game shop, but we know that they're very far and few in between. And I want to say that most of the time most game stores are successful because of their collectible card games. I know that there's like comic book shops I guess, like Dan, with Showcase, how is comic books helpful? Well, they usually have a lot of space. So a shop that specializes in comic books, as well as other games and supplies, like a library, they need a lot of space to put that product on the shelves. So, and even when you have rows and rows of these comic book bins, you can, you can actually put a war game table on top of those, and you can reutilize that space. So there's ample room for tables and for games to be played in, in places like that, which is why they're you know, a staple of forming a new meta. But you don't see comic book shops everywhere. You don't see card shops everywhere. You don't see game stores everywhere. So where are some other locations that you can end up going to? I think that other options that you might have available are board game bars. They're a concept that's kind of gaining popularity, especially in city areas, more urban areas. Sometimes the owner of a a bar or restaurant can't fill their space every night. They can't sell drinks every single night of the week. So they might open up their table space to recreational activities. Some of them have a quiz night. Some of them might have a board game night. You could tap into that and hell, if you ask me, that's a great way to play because you can drink while you're rolling dice. I mean, that was the benefit of playing at Midnight Oil, am I right? That's right. You could also go to your local VFW. They're kind of everywhere too. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not exactly ritzy but there's usually space to play they usually all vfws will have some kind of hall there's a bar as well so there's drinking as well they also usually have a bar (laughs) excellent i I see where this podcast is headed (laughs) going back to midnight oil sorry not midnight oil ice house was that there was a board gaming group that met on that same night and they ended up shifting their location to a vfw so it's interesting so there are locations that are out there you just have to go do a little bit of digging for it we kind of lucked out with alternate universes i have actually been going there for a while when i graduated college i wanted to find a place to go do board games rpgs a bunch of other stuff like that i saw that they had a warhammer 40k night and i just wanted to kind of scope it out and see is there a lot of people that are here i saw that they've had like three of those long four by six tables there but i never really ever seen people actively playing it there was no one there on a tuesday night so i go to the owner i'm like hey oliver can i play war machine here it would be a great opportunity for us to go and do it and oliver's like yeah sure let's utilize the space let's go and have uh, miniatures there and from there we actually we literally just took over it's like how you know kador moved in took over lale they weren't using the space effectively anyway it's fine no it's true <laughs> nothing important happened in lale And one thing that you got to go kind of keep in mind when you have your stores is that, is there anything in it for them? 
like think about it like this right i'm using alternate universe they primarily do collectible card games right so they have Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon and magic the gathering that's primarily where they're getting most of their money so what is in for them if i'm hosting a bunch of yo-yos and we're coming off to the game store and we're just using their space and they're not really getting much out of it sure we'll buy like drinks and chips but or maybe like paint right but what can they do and it got to the point that i was able to talk to the owners at alternate universe and we were able to start to do special orders through privateer press we didn't even go through a distributor we actually had them order from privateer directly it was a bit of a process to get started but as soon as it happened and i was able to help the manager figure out how to get the orders happening in the first place we have a monthly order every single month and i mean i literally just put it out on our discord and i collect all the orders and i send it up to you know the powers that be and we normally get the stuff about two to three weeks in return and it was a really good it's great like you it might be more expensive right you're paying full msrp on all these things but you want to give back to the store that's giving you a place to play the game paying into your location is vital uh, you want to support that store as much as possible. When that store goes away, you lose your place to play. Now that we've got such a good foothold at alternate universes, other stores are starting to kind of be interested in hosting events because they're now seeing that we've we've made some strides at that store. So we have Born a Game in both Dover and Middletown that are allowing us to go and do some stuff there. Born to Game's been actually really supportive of what we're doing. The owner seems to be really um, enthusiastic about bringing tournaments there and everything. What's been good, though, about it is that he actually plays, which is rare when it comes down to these local gaming stores. If the person actually has an interest in the game, they're going to want to see it be successful. On the subject of owners or operators that are into the game, you know, that obviously is going to boost the passion and boost their involvement. And it could also you know, boost their ability to know what to purchase and to, to know what to stock on your shelves. That reminds me of Dave up at Portal 2, right? And James just started doing Miniatures Tuesdays. So he's now giving us a Tuesday night location in Middletown to have our players to go play War Machine on, on his tables, which is great because that's even more exposure with other miniature wargaming groups. But there, it's really important, though, is that if you're playing with other people, you're going to want to try to find a way to share the space with them. Right. You need to uh, find a way to share that space. That's correct. So recently I was at Middletown, actually, and I drove down there because we're trying to get this meta up and running. So I figured I would take a drive and it's about an hour away from my house. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I'd seen some pictures and they used Magic the Gathering land forests and swamps for terrain the last time i saw pictures on facebook so i was like i gotta go check the store out i like i like where their head's at that that is very very useful and dynamic terrain there by the way absolutely and if you're on a budget can't beat it it's green it works right so when we arrived unfortunately we found out that the tables were full there was space being utilized by another games event that had been scheduled for that day. And unfortunately, we hadn't known about it. So, you know, I asked at the uh, the front desk to see if anyone at the store had any other space available, perhaps in the back. I'd never been to the, the store before, so I wasn't sure what they might have going on or what other resources they had. Unfortunately, we couldn't make space for War Machine that day, so we had to duck out and uh, live to fight another day, as it were. But thankfully... I'm very glad that I did say something about it, and I mentioned that 
you know, we have this whole group of people that we're trying to bring into the area. And if they were to open up table space for us, you know, on a given day of the week or even on a weekend, you know, we could probably fill it. It appears that message got back to the owner because lo and behold, Paul got a call later that day. And Dan, you still got your game as well, right? That's right. Big stand-up man that he is. Paul came to my house after I drove all the way back home and uh, threw down with me anyway. So I'm happy. I I take care of my own. (laughs) How do you deal with Kalissa? You You don't. don't. (laughs) Oh, good. Cater's got the same strategy. Good. It's good good to know. Good to know Cater's got the same strategy protector it has. I got torn up in that game that Paul joined me in. I, I've not had uh, so many heavy Cater Warjacks deleted at range since I played against Signar in Mark II. <laughs> yeah, you sing for passage and then cry anyway because they can shoot you anyway. That's right. <laughs> to that point, I think it's really important about the times in between steamrollers, like these Tuesdays or the Saturday open plays or something like that where it's that's where you build your community. Like it's got to be a continuous time period. You can't just do a once a month thing or once every other month thing and expect there to be a community that talks to each other on like a weekly basis. You need to have somebody show up at some store wherever you're having an event once a week, once every other week. Right. You've got to kind of have something to staple you to that environment. And I feel like just throwing a steamroller once a month is not enough. So I agree with you on that point. But speaking of that, how do you get attendance, right? People, just like anything else, are a resource. So how do you get more of that resource? You have to know people that can introduce you to other people. And a lot of what we did during this revitalization was tapping into other metas. Go somewhere else, find the people that play there, talk with them, introduce yourself, tell them what you're going to do. We're going to work on this project back home. Be great if you guys could come by you know, hang out with us on one of the uh, dates we're setting up to invite new players in. And we're also and going poach to them. And, and coach new players. That's right. Welcome them poach. into the community. Oh, poach them. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't <laughs> take them back home with you. We want them. They're ours. <laughs> and, and you'll want to see if they can lend some attendance to your events. It's a strange thing where once you have a bunch of interest, it starts to generate more interest. Bringing other players from other environments into your environment and showing them that can be a sustainable area and a new environment for them to play with new opponents and new terrains and new armies to look at and things. Those are all really valuable contributions to getting started. A lot of meta's problems stem from that feedback loop working in the opposite direction too. That's what you kind of have to avoid where it's you have fewer and fewer people showing up every week and it feeds into a self that you don't people don't want to show up because no one's showing up. So that feedback loop can go exponentially in either direction. It's exactly the same thing that I said in the first episode. It's it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. That it's just what it is. But but the thing is what's really cool is that if you participate in those events, right? If you just go just even go into the other metas and hanging out with those people, you make friends, you make those connections. And when you go and participate in their events, they're going to go and make the trip and participate in your own events. And it's great because everybody wants this game to succeed. If you're passionate about it, if you love war machine to the level that all of us do that we keep coming back to it over and over and over again 
everybody wants to see this game be successful. So we had help from the New Jersey Somerville Ogren Bokers, the Somerville Ogren, the, the New Jersey SOBs. Like I can't, <laughs> I guess, it's so hard to say that. And then we also had uh, Dave and his portal crew, right? And then we ended up rolling with them and doing the Boker Brawl with them. But that's the thing. When you, when you tap in with these groups, you make friends, you make connections, and everybody wants to, to help out. And we ended up tapping into them greatly when I decided to host my first steamroller. We had Seth and Dave providing bodies and Dave giving us terrain and objectives. And thank God they were able to go and help out with that because I had no idea what was. Yeah, Dave's a, Dave's a stand-up guy. He likes to throw stuff everywhere. <laughs> Yo, he's hilarious. I love him. But what's been really cool, let's go back to what we were talking about, right? And that how Dave and... Seth have done so much us for getting Delaware started. We're now doing the same thing for Maryland at this point. We're helping Maryland do what we did. And it's incredible the parallels that we can see between Ryan and Sam. And we can see us like at that point a couple months ago. I'm so excited to see where these guys are going to be in like the next couple months. You want to you want to pay it forward. You want to make sure that the next person next door can benefit from this as well. It wouldn't be fitting for us to say, you should go talk to other local metas and see if they will help you. And then us turn around and not help the next guy in the next state over. You know, that would be not bueno, as they say. And and also, again, going to their events as well. Right. Dave helped us out. I go to the portal events as I was able to. I did multiple open plays when we were practicing and I've done... No, I think all of us have gone up to the steamrollers as well. Yeah, we've there. been to at least three i want to say and they're a great time every time and i want to say that i think it's really important to drive the point home when you're trying to go and boost attendance at another local meta that has you know trying to get off the ground it's really important that you go as much as possible if you already have a stable meta maybe sacrifice one or two game nights at your own meta to make sure that this next meta gets the attendance that they need to keep the ball rolling even if it's a little bit inconvenient for you as a person, as a player, even if you have to drive a little bit farther, put in the time and effort, help them out. And I think you'll see it pay off. And yeah, 90% of this is a time investment. That's pretty much, that's this, that's what a lot of this could be boiled down to. Oh, you want to talk about time investment? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm f***ing psychotic with the amount of time that I spent doing this. At least it, it to begin with, because I was so passionate about it. I didn't see this as work i saw it as an extension of the hobby and i loved it but during the time where you would go watch a youtube video or scroll through facebook or whatever i spent all that free time posting an event messaging a person trying to figure out the next thing i needed to go do in order to make the next you literally event. stole the state's facebook group and called it your own. I mean, I had to go do that. You, do you remember what we did beforehand? Yeah, it was just an AU site, right? Yeah, we. I had it as like a private little group because I didn't have control. I didn't even think about asking for permission for owning the Facebook group. And yeah. I did all... Same thing goes back to being as public facing as possible. I'm wondering how different the effort would have been if I would have had that to begin with. But I just didn't think about it. When it came down to... When it came down to scheduling, I invited people to this private group because I'm like, ah, these are the local people that would probably go and frequent the store. But until I actually took over and I got admin control over it, like literally I changed the banner and like changing the banner itself was huge. These are the locations that we're playing. 
if you want to come off, here are the times that we're playing them. And then I got to go and actually host the events and so that it was actually hosted by the, the Delaware War Machine group. And I could invite everybody that was actually in our group as opposed to just the people that I knew or the people I was friends with. So what do you take away from this? If you're running your meta through a Facebook group and you're wondering why it's not getting any traffic, maybe you should check to see if it's public facing. You want to make sure it's public facing and it has a lot of people. I had Sam told me was line of sight there. They have the find your local gaming club page, which I don't know if a lot of people know this is actually a thing. I didn't. But yeah, right. Exactly. Like it's just those resources that are there. Delaware wasn't even on there. So I ended up putting in here's the Delaware War Machine. And then here is the Wilmington group. And eventually we got rid of the Wilmington group because Delaware is so small, but you want to be able to reach out as far as you're able to. So in addition to all of the work that you're doing on this planning, you're also spending an extra night on top of your normal game night. You're probably going to be looking at what spending one or two more nights during every single week just doing more planning for your communities. Normally, when players think of existing in a meta in that kind of ecosystem, you know, I go to the game store on Fridays and see my friends. That's a one night a week investment that they go usually after work. And what we're hearing right now is that's not enough. You can't go to the game store, play your one war machine game and then go home and expect that your meta will grow. You need to spend the next night posting Facebook events, messaging people, and then probably the night after that, calling stores, ordering product, setting up events. And this doesn't always have to be one person. This can be a multiple. This doesn't have to be your life. You don't have to have this be all consuming for just a single individual. And that was definitely the mistake that I made to begin with, because you saw how much I did on my own. And then I think finally Erica and Andy were like, hey, let me help you out. And that's been monumental. And I've been able to really find a lot more free time now. It's been really, really beneficial with that. The best way to do this is a community effort. Rely on those people that you've been playing every single weeknight or whatever for you know your, your very core close group of friends that are driven to see more players in this hobby. Put them around a table, talk to them, divide up the work, and make it work. It requires a lot of perseverance to make it happen, but it, it will happen, right? You just find a way to be more effective with your time. Again, Work I don't... smarter, not harder. Yeah, I don't use my time. I don't watch YouTube videos like anymore as I used to. I don't watch Instagram or, or what have you. I, I say, I have five minutes. Let me make sure that the event is posted for next week. It's not, I duplicate the one that was just there. You know, it, it's like those little tiny things that you do. And it's like, can I go and do this right now? And it might seem it's a lot, but it's just, it's, it's almost habitual at that point. I think that there's a, a lot of effort that's due upfront for this kind of project. And then you'll get over a hump at a certain point and you'll start to be able to coast along. Not to say that you can stop putting an effort but there may be a breaking point and and the hardest part of it is going to be pushing the boulder up the hill for the very first time especially when you have a meta of 12 or so people like it's less important to grow at your one location than it is to just kind of spread different locations out and try and get people to show up at different locations because not everybody's going to make the hour-long trip every week to go to your one store so once you have a good meta where you're at you can set that aside and say okay we're this we're just scheduling this for every week and there's not a ton of work to be done at this one location you move 
move on to try and build something else. It's called casting a wide net. Well, that's kind of like what's going on right now. We're in Wilmington and we have players as far down as Smyrna and Dover. Us having a now a second location on a Tuesday, right? So it might affect our attendance, but it's allowing those players to spend their Tuesday night being able to go play War Machine with other War Machine players. And it's awesome to make it happen. So let's talk about some other ways that you can get in touch with people and you can help build this community when you're not playing a game. One thing that I'm a big fan of is Discord. And I know that we recently stood up a Discord for our little community. One thing I really like about Discord is that, you know, when you get somebody that's really passionate about this game, typically it's a gateway to just talking about it all the time. It's just War Machine talk. And everyone loves seems to love doing that and it's a great way to fill the gaps in between the days and it's also a great way to give people subtle reminders hey you know your game night's coming up next week have you thought about what you're going to play yet i think that constant reminder that active ping on your phone or your device or whatever it is really helps bridge the gap week to week and remind people that this is a thing that they wanted to go do again next week keeping that constant engagement really helps Talking with War Machine, other War Machine players is excellent when you can do it across the world and there's a huge group of people on a very central Discord group. But honestly, it's even better when you can talk about it on Discord with the people that you know in real life and you see week to week and you get to form those connections, you know, even more strongly when you're not actually at the table. <laughs> well, first of all, that means that, Andy, you need to go use Discord a lot more then, right? Everybody, get in here. Come on, man. You know, I... I, for my own sanity, I keep my Discord notifications off. <laughs> I'm right there with I you. I can't. I, I got things to do during my day, and I, I check it at night. And I and I, you know exactly when I'm on because I I, I have a message. I have one message in each different chat once, and then I and then I turn it off. <laughs> Just like it disappears. I love the Trash Panda Discord because I like to watch it on the uh, for my specific channel, my Protectorate channel. Those guys are hilarious. But what's it, but you're right though, when it comes to the Discord, I love the line of sight Discord. I love the the War Machine General one. It's great, but it just feels like it's way too big. Hmm. And it feels like a home with our Discord. Like we're all hanging out, you know, shooting the shit with how we absolutely love this game and we'll talk about an idea, we'll make a joke. You want to surround yourself with your community. You want to create a personal Discord. It's It's just so much better. It's such a better, it's such a great atmosphere. All right. Well, hey, that actually gets us to that's it, right? So when it comes down to being able to really establish your community, you got to find a place to be able to play, right? You can do this just about anywhere. Remember that you want it to be somewhere that's public facing. You want it to be accessible to multiple people. It should have space to play your game. Not every game uses the same size tables, but if you're setting up a smaller game, great. You can have more games per table, but make sure you have the supplies to sustain a larger game if needed. And if there are other people around and other groups, be respectful, share their space. They were probably here before you were, and they probably have an investment in the community. So don't piss them off. And, and this is why we're heading out to on Sunday to Maryland to kind of push their meta forward. We're pretty comfortable where we're at. We're we're going to Maryland to um, to you know participate in theirs, and hopefully we can do a little Susquehanna scuffle. And don't do the same mistakes that I ended up doing with this. I mean, I I did end up doing this all on my own, and it was manageable, but it was not efficient at all. Once I end up having people within the community to help me out, and they took on the workload and allowed me to go focus on other things that helped an immense amount and just make sure that you're using your time effectively don't watch the youtube video don't 
whatever it is that you bumble around with. You want to make sure that you're actually doing the things necessary in order to make people know that your meta is actually growing. You want to get them there. So the next episode, we're going to go talk about how I ended up running my first steamroller and I had no idea what I was doing. And did it seem like it worked out? We play games. I think it worked out excellently, considering I got my name on a plaque. So. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you again for joining in and listening to this episode. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. That concludes this episode of Tried and True. We hope you enjoyed your time listening to the podcast, and we look forward to having you on the next one. Until next time, gamers.